0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to
1: another episode of the Summit Bid Podcast. Um, Hello, I'm Kemper. I am Toby, and you know, we are here in the Summit Bid Gallery yep. um, for another episode. And uh, today we're going to go over some um, some interesting mountain news, as well as a little later in the episode we're going to uh, launch into talking about Instagram, kind of state of Instagram or just this social year. media in
0: general. So a little bit, I guess, but Instagram for sure is the main one. Yeah, for sure. Because there's some weird things happening with Instagram. Mm-hmm. There's weird things happening on all social media, but Instagram yeah, is, for sure. is very different than it was. But it I think first, um, you know, we are called the Summit Bid Podcast, Summit Bid YouTube channel, Summit Bid everything. So mm-hmm. we're going to cover some Summit Bid news. And uh, last week on the 16th, um, a team, a Nepali's team, reached the summit of K2 in winter. It's the first winter ascent of k2 and so that's a pretty big deal considering that a lot of people thought that wasn't even possible mm-hmm. and it was the only eight thousander which was uh, eight thousand means over eight thousand meters so they call them eight er um mm-hmm. not summited in winter so um and it, it really it's quite a feat for several reasons i think there's some uh like technical reasons that it's super hard and then there's some kind of social reasons that it's a big deal too because Um, they're actually a Nepalese team. So they're not Nepalese climbers working for another team. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're not Sherpas for, you know, you know, some American team or British team or whatever. They are actually a Nepalese team Mm -hmm. that summited it. So um, representing Nepal. So that's a big deal. Um, I feel like kind of a step forward for, you know, kind of the, the climbing community and all that, I just think that, that that's a really kind of a, a cool thing.
1: Yeah, and uh, just to give some perspective on uh, how difficult um, climbing it in the winter is, it was climbed for the first time uh, on July 31st in 1954 in the summertime. Um, and uh, it took it until January 16th, 2021 to get up right. there in the winter. So that's...
0: almost 60 years, right? Yeah. Oh no, wait, wait, way more than 60 years.
1: Yeah. Like 70 uh, years, 70 years. Yeah. Like 67 years, something like that. Yeah,
0: Our math is, our math is slow and we're recording. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: Um, wait, I'd so, yeah. Well, and then K2 is just, is crazy. It's only been summited to like something like 600 times total mm-hmm. may even be less than that.
1: I think I read something around 400.
0: Yeah. So like, um, and the, the, the how dangerous it is, is absolutely insane. So to kind of put this in perspective, climbing Mount Everest, which is considered most people are like, Oh, wow, that's a super dangerous thing to do. Like one, 1% is the death rate on it. So about one out of every uh, hundred climbers mm-hmm. dies on Everest, which is, that's pretty low for a high mountain peak like that. I mean, it's still like one out of a hundred, you know, that's, that's, you know, still, pretty
1: yeah, high. That is pretty high.
0: On K2 it's 1 out of 4. Ooh,
1: so, so that's 25%.
0: It's 25% of people who have summited to died ratio. So that's like K2 is an insanely dangerous. Um there's mm-hmm. some uh, cool it's not about this expedition, but there's some cool um uh you, there's a cool YouTube video that actually came out last year. I think they summited it in 2019. Um, I can look up what it's called, and we'll link to it in the description. But it's really kind of a a great overview over climbing the mountain, and uh, the photography on it's really good. The videography on it's really good. Um, I love how the way when they shot this, when they're actually when they make it to the summit, spoiler work, they make it to the summit. Mm-hmm. But it actually feels like you can see space like the sky starts looking like like when you're really high up in an airplane you know and you feel Mm -hmm. like oh wow you know you can kind of see space it's kind of like that but they're like standing on the mountain uh the video is called breathtaking k2 the world's most dangerous mountain uh on the eddie bauer youtube channel and then there's also a a fascinating book by ed vesters called Mm k2 the savage mountain i think Mm-hmm. that I have listened to I have the audiobook of that's that's really good. So K2 is just kind of a fascinating mountain. The like it's there really just isn't a more dangerous I mean with I'm sure there's a more dangerous mountain. Mm-hmm. I mean a single but you know you bring all of the things together how technical it is, how high it is, it's the second mm-hmm. highest behind Everest. Um so it just really is and where it is in the world, it's in the Karakoram range in um, the Pakistan, uh, Chinese border. Mm-hmm. So in the Kashmir area and like, that's a hard enough area to get to in and of itself. Like, mm-hmm. and there's several, um, 8,000 or peaks in that area. I think, um, one and two broad peak are all right in that area. So mm-hmm. but very interesting. Yeah.
1: And to make things even tougher, um, I was reading here that, uh, it says that, um, the temperatures in the wintertime can hover around minus 60 fairly consistently. That's Fahrenheit? Um, Fahrenheit. Minus Fahrenheit. Wow. So super cold. super cold. crazy. Super cold. And with hurricane force winds, uh, and I'm sure that when they climbed it, they were being very careful with the weather. So hopefully they weren't having to deal yeah, with that. Yeah, from what I
0: read, they um, actually had a great weather window. I was actually following um, an Instagram account that was kind of covering it. Mm. Um, and that was kind of interesting. They would post updates and like they're in base camp and like what they were doing. And it felt like like you know watching them on Instagram like that. It felt like all of a sudden they had summited, and I felt like there would be more build up to it. It was just like they're like, "Oh, we did it, we summited," and I'm like, "Wow!" Like it feels like just a couple <laughs> of days ago you were hunkered down in base camp, but mm-hmm. like I'm sure it didn't feel that way to them. But
1: yeah, for sure. I guess that's kind of a, a useful segue, huh? to Yeah. The subject um, of uh Instagram and social media.
0: Right. Do we have any other is there any other in photo I don't think there's any other major photo news other than that the world seems to think that Nikon's going to go out of business. Uh, That's all over everything this week that uh that because they're moving manufacturing out of country and and all this stuff. Everyone seems to think out of Japan. Country being Japan.
1: I, um, I mean, I guess that that kind of indicates they plan to manufacture someplace else. So I, right, I don't know. Right, that's, I think I don't Thailand. That, I think Thailand means.
0: is the main place. Which they've already all the Z stuff has been manufactured in Thailand anyway, and the D50 is manufactured in Thailand. So
1: yeah, like, it's you know that's uh, it's always hard to read into. I think it's it's been difficult to read what Nikon's been uh, how Nikon's been doing, but they still make up a massive market share.
0: They make up a huge market share, and also like they are a beloved company in Japan. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we're overlooking. We're just like, everyone's on YouTube and, and, you know, um, photo blogs and stuff are just like, like, you know, they're trying to read like it's a sports thing, but Mm -hmm. it'd be like, you know, uh, if like, well take for instance, Coca-Cola, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's an American institution. And honestly, it's actually, you know, on a little side note, Coca-Cola is not doing great. Um, 2020 was really hard on it. Yeah. Um, cause people just aren't buying and drinking soda in the same volume that they were. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about it, you know, like Coca-Cola is, is like the, you know, it's just not going to go, it's not going to go out of business as fast as, you know, another company cause it's mm-hmm. a beloved institution, even if it's hard to have financially make it. And, and I think Nikon is that way in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, they were a major breakthrough on cameras just in general. Like, mm-hmm. We forget how, how young photography is as an art form slash, Mm -hmm. you know, technical arena. And Nikon was on the forefront of, of really just, you know, making it possible. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and it's also just the idea that the, uh, that their base is really going to abandon them. I just don't. Think I think that there's a self-selecting thing that happens with people that pay attention to photo media, that, mm-hmm. that people switch a lot and are really volatile with wanting to be on the system that's doing the best right now. And mm-hmm. to be clear, that's a fine way to live. It's just not how most people live. Uh, you know, right. a lot of people have shot Nikon their whole lives and they're going to keep shooting Nikon. And that's just... The way that they're gonna right. roll, especially since Nikon is offering full frame mirrorless, it's not like right Nikon and hasn't really done.
0: high quality full frame mirrorless, mm-hmm. too. It's not like the Z system is a bad system, it's not like, oh wow, they need to make all these changes. Um, it's a great system. Mm-hmm. Like, I have shot with the Z7 and I love that camera, so like, it's it's a kind of strange that everyone's kind of jumping on this bandwagon, Is like, oh, I don't know, Nikon's not gonna make it, you know, they may have to change things up. And they may be a little slower, but I also think that they're going to find a niche. And, you know, we have to remember, it wasn't that many years ago when when Nikon released the 850, everyone thought Canon was the one that was going to, you know, fall from grace mm-hmm. because like, oh, wow, they don't have anything close to the 850. You know, Sony's nipping at their heels. They're not doing anything. And then, you know, they roll out the, you know, some of their new are mirrorless stuff and like now they're top dog again so
1: mm. well and i feel like um i feel like nikon rolled out those patch cameras the z 7 II and z 6 II, and everyone's kind of reaction to that was uh oh this is just really disappointing that you rolled out these mark ii cameras mm-hmm. but there's also another way of looking at that they rolled out mark twos within like what was it like a year and a half two years
0: uh i think it was um august 2018, august the Z 2018. System.
1: so then that was right at two so years, right, at two years, right at two years two years they rolled out an update and you know granted from my perspective i i would have needed to see a couple different specs but if the z6 2 had had a flip screen oh like, you just thought about it all of a sudden that's yeah. that's i mean And the thing of it is, is also, I know I could use the Z6 II. I'm not going to pick the Z6 II over uh, what Canon's offering right now. But, um, you know, it's just the idea that you can't use Nikon professionally is just weird. It's the same idea like, oh, you can't use Panasonic's cameras. You absolutely can. Right. Yeah. Just there's reasons (laughs) to choose not to.
0: Right. I think that the Z system had a really, really rough start. They had the one camera slot gate, which is, but that was bizarre in and of itself, how amazingly like hard everyone was on it for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone could have seen that coming considering that Sony had just added another card slot like six months before. Like it was a relatively new thing. and it was an XQD card slot, which is way more reliable than SD. So Mm -hmm. there was definitely this argument to be made. And then the autofocus version one firmware of the autofocus on the Z system was Mm met. But the thing is, is that Nikon fixed it quickly and their autofocus is great Mm -hmm. in low light. It's better than Sony. I used them side by side and Nikon's Mm -hmm. low light, like I focused on the stars and astrophotography, which is not something I was able to ever do with Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, the Canon R system also mm-hmm. can do that, although I feel like Nikon's was a little smoother with that. It could mm-hmm. be because I was using a faster lens on the Nikon. I was using um, a uh, fifteen thirty five two eight on the Canon, and I had the twenty one eight mm-hmm. on the on the Nikon. So that could have been the difference there, but. Like, the autofocus autofocus system, it may not be quite A9 level, but it certainly is um, more than adequate, Mm -hmm. like, better than their DSLR. So, you know, so I think they had a rough start. Um, I also think that Nikon was sitting the prettiest um, between Canon and, well, between Canon and Nikon. Sony was doing well Mm -hmm. with their development, but Nikon was, was sitting prettier than than canon because they had the d850 which mm. is below i've never is there another camera you can think of that's as universally beloved as the d850 just like no criticisms
1: ever leveled against it like i i from a photographer's perspective no i can't think of any camera off the top of my head i do think from a video perspective the d850 was very good, but the fact that it just, the autofocus autofocus, wasn't good. Well, but um, think about it. Struggled with it. When the D850
0: came out, I remember it was like one of the first ones to have full frame 4k, Mm -hmm. like actual full frame. It was huge deal that it had that and video. Mm -hmm. So I think people forgave, um, the autofocus thing. And the Mm D850 is like, of any DSLR that you could go out and buy other than Canon's one DX three, which they just released last year. Um, like the D eight fifty is far and away. It might be. Like I bet they're not that expensive. I, you know, we should see what they're going for nowadays. But the D eight fifty is a great, um, great camera.
1: So and it's also just got that massive lens lineup um, supporting it. I mean, Nikon developed that lens lineup for fifty some odd years or, or more. So
0: I'm, you can get a new like used D eight fifty for eighteen hundred bucks. Uh, you can get it brand new for 26, which actually is uh, that's still pretty up there. But it looks like there's pre-owned ones for 18 to 2,000, so almost the same as the Z7. Because I was just mm. looking at Z7s on here, and they're the almost going for almost the same amount. Mm. So that's kind of that kind of just shows you how respected. My prediction with Nikon is is that I think that over the next year to two years. They're gonna slowly build a following with their Z system and and I think they're gonna start repairing some of that reputation and they they may be kind of a a, a go to respected brand, you know I, I could see Sony switcher I could see people Sony shooters switching to Nikon because of some some new thing from them and mm-hmm. you know and and Sony is is uh, it's definitely gaining ground the quickest probably. Mm-hmm. Canon's still playing catch-up largely, I think. Canon's doing really well.
1: Canon's playing... Um, I think Canon is no longer playing reputation catch-up. The R5, they did make the right gamble with the 8K and some of the mind-blowing specs on mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I think that your average person thinks the R5 is, is amazing. And I think that the it would have been great if they could have not had the 8K situation but i do think that the narrative wouldn't have been that the canon overheated the narrative would have been canon released an r uh, uh an a7r2 um five years later would have been the narrative if it had just shot 4k right, or something right um and it's, that wouldn't have been fair but right it would have been a fair spec sheet comparison it would
0: have been a fair well really when you look at the spec sheet to spec sheet the R five looks a lot like the A7R2. Mm-hmm. Now, having shot with both of those cameras, they're in different centuries as far as like usability. Mm-hmm. But spec sheet wise, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so yeah. And, and and I think that if I had a suggestion for Nikon, this may sound kind of weird, but I think that YouTube is driving the YouTube is, is currently driving a lot of the, at least the vocal photo community's perspective mm-hmm. on things. And while I think that Nikon's done a lot of great work to bring them from not great for video at all to mm-hmm. very competitive mm-hmm. with uh, 4K60, two 4K60 cameras, right. um, one of which is just, I think, $2,000 or so, the Z6 Mark II. right? Uh, oh. They've put in F-Log. They've, mm. they've done a lot of things to kind of piece things together and I would love to see them release a, a video first camera because I think that that with a flip screen with their autofocus they already have basically put everything into a camera that's marketed and has a couple extra video features like no record limit mm. stuff like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden. I mean we could look at Nikon. I'm not saying we would switch to Nikon because I really like a lot of the stuff that Canon and, and their ecosystems doing. Yeah. yeah I'm just saying sure. that all of a sudden you would get a few YouTubers switching over to it. And that would just help Nikon feel present. Because I feel like Nikon's very present in the photo only community. People that really they only are. think about photos. Even on YouTube.
0: Mm-hmm. So like um I can think of several uh, respected YouTube still photographers who use the Nikon Z system. Um, Hudson Henry, mm-hmm. he does great stuff. He does stuff, you know, he's very similar to us in that he does a lot of landscape and mountain photography. I think he's out in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, he really is using the Z system to its full uh mm-hmm. Full well, capability. Okay, honestly, if if the if Nikon continues to um, grow with the Z system, they probably owe Hudson Henry a ode of thanks mm-hmm. because he just he does a great job of uh, uh, enthusiastically explaining and 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 uh, advocating for the the Z system. So, mm-hmm. and if you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, he does a weekly segment called. Uh, Um, approaching the scene he does just a great job of kind of covering things and it seems like he kind of uh uh, magically will like be like right i will he'll come up with a subject and it'll be something i'm thinking about like he does Mm -hmm. a great job of kind of coming up with subjects that that
1: are um, very timely um, kind of timely
0: and then also just like oh yeah i would love a video all about like you know ball heads or you know like various things like that and he just does a great job with that so uh hudson henry youtube channel link in the description um some other ones uh matt granger he switched to nikon z full-time now
1: yeah he shot he used to be that nikon Nikon guy. guy yeah um so that's a return to form for him uh, I, did he it, switch to Sony for a while? He was hybrid, I think. He was shooting Sony
0: and then kind of all over the place. And then he did a whole video series about uh, which company he was going to do. And he kind of covered each mm. one. And then he landed on, on Nikon. What's funny is is that we call him that Nikon guy. We've been saying Nikon the whole rest of this episode. But mm. when we're talking about him, he's that Nikon guy. Well,
1: <laughs> I think he calls it Nikon. He does. And, he's Australian. And maybe that's... I, honestly, I've like the Nikon versus Nikon conversation is like the only thing you can talk to anybody about like with photo niche stuff. Like you can talk to someone who doesn't own a camera or care about cameras and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I think it's Nikon. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely Nikon. It's so true. It's the only thing there's just, everyone has an opinion on, but you know, I I feel like it's unfortunately we're probably wrong. I think it is Nikon. I think it's Nikon or Nikon kind of. Yeah. um, Is how they actually say it. And, and, with uh Americans have a tendency to just make everything sound as harsh as possible. Nikon. Yeah,
0: ni- <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So anyway, I just that, you know, that's a kind of a long way around um getting to that like I, I think that Nikon's gonna be okay. Um I think all this hype about them going out of business and getting sold. And you know who knows? Maybe they might be sold, but because you know they look at Olympus, they're like, oh wow, Olympus got sold. Nikon is such a bigger, more respected brand than Olympus. And Olympus is fairly um, respected, but Nikon's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the most famous photographs ever taken were taken with Nikons. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so many of them. Like, you know, I think of like um, the flag raising of uh, on Iwo Jima, you know. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the most iconic, most famous photos ever taken. It's Nikon. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, I, I just I just don't see, even if it is sold, like the brand is so much more valuable than like profit margin mm-hmm. in 2020, 2021, 2022.
1: So, mm-hmm. Well, and anyway. it has not been that long. I mean, honestly, I don't know if it's really fair to say that they aren't in the argument of the best brand, but probably right now, if you had to pick the most capable brands and yeah. you had to buy the rigs right now, it would be probably um uh sony and canon yeah however i think it's important uh to remember that olympus has not been in the conversation of the best image quality in a very long time very long time like maybe a good camera brand has been something people have thrown around but and and i know tons of people own olympuses and that's that's great. I mean, we were just looking at the market share, and Olympus is like third place on mirrorless cameras mm-hmm. or something. But that's also mm-hmm. because they've been selling them for a very long time. They were kind of first to that. Uh, they right. were kind of first to mirrorless. But well, it's just Nikon and Olympus are not comparable. Right. They're not comparable.
0: Well, and it's interesting you talk about the best image quality. So... Um, I just made a video about a month ago called My Favorite Shots of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I was able in 2020 to shoot with all three of the big brands. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sony, Canon, and Nikon. And what's interesting is is that I think that my favorite files... So not my favorite system, mm-hmm. but my favorite files. So the way that the images looked, the, the color and the sharpness and everything um were all Nikon shots like I think that like I maybe like some of the moments that I was using my camera gear my Canon gear like I liked better but if I'm just looking at the aesthetic of it all mm-hmm. um I think Nikon would be my favorite like mm-hmm. of that now there's so much more that goes in and you know I can you know you can tweak the color and all that stuff but I think just the 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 data that's on my screen and you know as I was reviewing those shots I'm like wow these um these Nikon Z seven shots, especially with that twenty four seventy that is a great lens. But they're Nikon's doing good stuff with their optics. Mm-hmm. so well, Nikon's anyway. always
1: done. I mean, I, I do remember when I was getting into photography. it was kind of like Nikon makes good bodies and Canon makes good lenses, but I right. don't, yeah, that was the same that was the same. But I don't actually know if that's entirely fair, but I also think Nikon specifically has been stepping up their optic game. Right. Um in over the last 5 years, I mean they released the 300PF, the 10514, right, the 500PF, um, the last F mount 70 to 200 I know is just legendary yeah. for being crazy sharp. Yeah, crazy good um, image quality. And
0: apparently this Z7200, which I have not used, everyone who I have heard has used it has literally freaked out about it. Mm-hmm. So All right. Well, we should probably move on to our main subject, which is the nuclear wasteland that is Instagram. Is that a good, is that a good term for it or?
1: Well, (laughs) it's a, it's a, it's a nuclear wasteland as far as me being able to gain followers on Instagram. Well,
0: okay. So like, obviously social media and everything is in the the news a lot lately Mm because they finally had to kind of own some of their responsibility for stuff that have happened in the, uh, Mm -hmm. in the, in the world. And, you know, kind of um, put the kibosh on some things that shouldn't Mm -hmm. have been happening. So we're not going to get too far into all that, but Mm -hmm. like a lot of people are kind of looking at social media. And um, so, you know, I started really using Instagram that probably would have been 2017. I was like, yeah, I'm really gonna start using Instagram, and mm-hmm. I worked hard at it, and you know, uh, I did, you know, the the all the tricks, you know, mm-hmm. and then just over the last few years, it just got less and less and less. I was posting once a month if on a good month, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not very often. I was posting because it just there wasn't a good there wasn't certainly wasn't a positive feedback loop, mm-hmm. and um. It just wasn't it just. It wasn't very fun, and I just didn't spend as much time on Instagram um, this last year. Instagram got significantly more political, mm-hmm. which definitely pushed me away from the platform. Just like politics on social media is something that I just really I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it, just it just it just like yeah, it kind of like almost gives me an anxiety sometimes. So mm-hmm. I just don't like it. And Instagram got more political, so I was spending less time on it, but kind of going into 2021 i'm like well you know and we need to continue You, we need to up our social media game basically Mm -hmm. you know it's just important that's how people discover you that's how people learn what you are and Mm -hmm. all that stuff and instagram is still the only platform that really does anything good for still photography now Mm -hmm. I would argue that the actual still photography posts on Instagram are probably the third most important thing on Instagram right now. I think mm-hmm. stories, reels, and then post is mm-hmm. how you would do it. Um, I think that that uh, the reels is a fascinating thing. You know, we can get on that sidetrack of competing right. with TikTok.
1: Yeah, for sure. Which
0: they did it they did well, the um, the stories were competing with Snapchat, right? Mm-hmm. And then the reels were competing with TikTok. What's interesting is is that stories pretty much killed Snapchat. Mm-hmm. All but killed it. But Reels has done nothing but honestly promote, make TikTok more popular
1: because people yeah, are like, "Oh, sure. wait,
0: there's this other platform that actually does it
1: better than mm-hmm. Instagram does." So well, and all the content was copy and pasted over from TikTok. Which like you can like, see the little TikTok uh, uh, watermark, right. if you will. Whoever's
0: running them. TikTok, they they're. They are a smart group of people making it so easy to save videos from TikTok, mm-hmm. making it easy to share to Instagram from TikTok. Mm-hmm. They're just like, "Oh yeah, do it." And then but they leave that little watermark, and then mm-hmm. like you said, Reels is just kind of like poor man's TikTok.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and Instagram's going to have to figure that out. And IGTV is s- still a disaster,
1: Yeah, I, I don't know entirely... I just feel like Instagram was obviously IGTV is trying to compete with YouTube. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's obvious. Well, they do a horrible job of it. I, I know. And and there's two, I think to me, though, there's two huge things missing. And one of them may surprise people that I think it's missing. Mm-hmm. There's no ads. There's no pre-roll ads or post-roll ads on, on anything. Mm-hmm. And that takes away an incentive to grow. Try to grow your YouTube, your Instagram TV account, I guess. Because... Mm-hmm. I realize that you don't make tons of money off of YouTube ads, um, mm. but it is a little bit of an incentive for people um, to get a little bit of kickback for what is a lot of work making videos like that. Right. Um, yeah. And then the other huge thing is is it's just not easy to search. That's and, that's what I was gonna say. It's not easy to
0: search. I get on YouTube and like a lot of times. Like, um, a lot of times I'm just browsing, but most of the time I I hop on YouTube and I immediately search for something, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like, yo, like I want to find this video and IGTV just is not good. It's only good for browsing. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like turning on a TV, like, and like not being able to change the channel or Mm -hmm. look at the TV guide or anything. Like, it's just like, oh, it's like hotel room TV Mm -hmm. watching is kind of what it is, you know, where you just, you flip the channel button until... You go so, to sleep to, to go um, to sleep. yeah,
1: but I I feel like there's still an opportunity is Instagram's still big enough They could still fix these things. Yeah, if they really wanted to, but it, it seems like they don't really sometimes it feels like they kind of don't want IGTV to be that successful. or they want you to interface yeah. with IGTV through posts about IGTV. Like yeah. just the way that it all interlocks together. Very and, convoluted. Um, I, I'm very uh, frustrated with Instagram overall. Um, right at the moment, because it just it it um it feels like a really tough place to grow, and a lot of other places are, are easier to grow. Obviously, if you don't care about growing, it doesn't. Like this is irrelevant. It's kind of right. where your friends are. In that case, uh, is where you want to be, but.
0: So, so to kind of circle back to where I was at the beginning of this year, 2021, I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and I'm going to post every day for 30 days, see how it goes. And we've not reached the end of January, but, and then just kind of see like if anything's going to happen. Um, and then, you know, I'm just going to kind of try to post every day indefinitely after that. Mm-hmm. kind of with the goal of you know just like like there's no other way to to grow it I, I feel like so but anyway I started out um just kind of doing it like I was doing um I you know I would get on uh, a service that did ha- generated hashtags um called display purposes and you know would kind of search relevant hashtags and then post it in the comment and you know all that stuff, but I was not trying super hard. You know, I would I would schedule out my whole week in you know a half hour, you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's right about the time we got to the middle of the month, you know, I'm like literally nothing happened. Like my posts were getting the same amount of likes as they were all through last fall mm-hmm. when I would post very infrequently, and literally my followers went down a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not much but went down a little bit and I'm like, this is crazy. It's just going nowhere. It's like treading water, Mm -hmm. but I'm also like, you know, I also probably am not trying that hard. So I actually tried, started to try. I did um, a little bit of research on what's popular on Instagram right now. Mm -hmm. um, Kind of formatting wise and all that. And then I also started researching the hashtags a lot more thoroughly. So rather than just dependent on some service telling me what hashtags are popular, I'm actually, you know, looking around at like, okay, these are hashtags and figuring out that like, you know, um, like hashtags, like you want smaller, you want to use as many smaller hashtags as possible because then you have a chance of being a top post in it, which mm-hmm. when, every time you do that, Instagram's like, oh, okay, wow, that's great. Um, And then there's several other things that I learned, tricks that I learned, like um, uh, multiple photo posts, swipe posts or whatever. Mm -hmm. They are, um, Instagram likes those a lot because Mm -hmm. they actually keep you on Instagram longer because people flip through them. Mm -hmm. So they're going to just be more generous with them than, you know, other kinds of posts. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's great for me because I shoot a lot of panoramas that I've not been posting on Instagram because they're not in the portrait format. But Mm -hmm. I can have them in portrait format and have you swipe through to watch the panorama and it looks super cool. So anyway, um, so kind of all these things together, what was interesting was, I'm not getting a lot more likes since doing this, Mm -hmm. but I am growing in followers. Every post seems to be gaining me followers. I haven't been doing this just a couple of days, honestly. Mm -hmm. I've been actually since my, my new try hard mode. Activated my new try hard mode. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just, I find that really interesting. It's like, like likes meh doesn't really do much, but followers oh, all of a sudden like people are actually following. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know. And and we've always talked about that. Likes are like, if they're the currency of Instagram, they've definitely been uh, the inflation has been really hard on them. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, and um, I feel like Instagram, a, a, a while ago, there was this rumor that they were considering removing the number of likes. Actually, it wasn't a rumor. It was something they tried in, in Canada. Canada for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, and there was a huge sort of reaction to that. I feel like everyone had a strong reaction. Some people were like, oh, that's horrible that they would right. remove that from my post and it would just say liked by you or, or liked by this one person and others or something like that is what it said. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they missed an opportunity with that or do you think they made the right choice to keep the number on there?
0: Um, I think they uh, – it's, it's hard to know. Um, I feel like it would have killed the actual Instagram posts – Mm. which like as a still photographer that's still like important to me cuz i don't have another social media platform that is does it very well mm-hmm. like tiktok i can't just post a photo on tiktok Um mm-hmm. facebook is like talk about a wasteland mm-hmm. you know we probably shut up our facebook game a little bit but like i'm just i'm never going to spend a lot of time on facebook i don't like facebook at all and they're mm-hmm. owned by Inst- i mean instagram is owned by facebook so That always makes me a little
1: visually the worst looking and yeah. Facebook is just just to be disaster. it's it's yeah. You can
0: post photos on Twitter, but it's not a great photo posting platform. Um, Yeah. So like Instagram, like actual posts are like the only place to really post cool still photos. And so like part of me is like, I feel like if they'd taken away the likes like it probably would have killed it even worse than it already is. People would have just hopped right into stories. And I find myself doing that. Like they put the stories, the little circles right at the top mm-hmm. and you see the orange ring around it. And there's just something about it there. I mean, they know exactly what they're doing to your brain. Mm-hmm. You're just like, Oh, the orange ring is around, you know, this, this account that I follow. I have to see what that is. And I don't scroll down through the posts. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Instagram is, I don't know what they're trying to kill, Mm -hmm. they're they're, um i would still call it their their base though and one of their most important things Mm
1: -hmm. um well the that's where the memes are like the the like memes and stuff like that are still posts i don't i never see a ton of memes in stories usually stories are people doing stuff or 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 something like that something to say yeah which is kind of i think what what posts used to be but uh, the meme issue i think is still there i don't know if it's quite as strong at least with the way that the algorithm's showing them to me um like it used to be like the explore page was just you know nothing but meme accounts if you followed a meme account all it was was memes so you know you have right, to unfollow right. the meme account just to see your normal stuff yeah um, and yeah. that was kind of i think where it was maybe a year ago and and since then i've i've not dealt with that as much Also, i haven't used instagram that much honestly right. that's the, the last thing year, is so. of
0: using instagram so much less um and it just seems like it's just yeah i I don't know i don't know about how the algorithm works i know they're constantly changing it and you know it's like someone said um instagram's goal is to keep you on instagram as long as possible which they must be finding that stories and i guess to some degree um reels you know that's that's Mm -hmm. what keeps people on
1: well For the stories, I think something that helps those be successful is that there is no physical action required to move through them. Mm -hmm. You have to swipe. And notable with reels, you have to swipe with reels. I'm fairly sure it never auto-plays. Right, it just repeats. It It just just repeats repeats itself. Like TikTok. But the repeating is, um, I guess that, that makes sense that you still want some repeating cause tic, uh, reels tend to be a little bit more, uh, what's the word kind of funny leaning, generally mm-hmm, speaking, mm-hmm. something funny you might want to watch a few times over. Um, but with stories, it just, will just roll through the stories and it won't stop and you can go back and forward. Like you have some control over it, but you don't actually have to, um, you don't actually have to take action to see new content. Um, On, uh, on the stories. So I wonder if that kind of helps them, like helps you get views. Cause I have always gotten a lot more views on stories than anything else on Instagram. Yes. Stories have always been the most successful thing. Um, uh, I've never, it's never been the most inspiring thing to me. Right. I know some people really click with that. And it is a really interesting thing with Instagram now to point out that there's like four different things you can do on Instagram. Right. And on TikTok, you can't do that. Right. And on YouTube, you can't really do that. YouTube tries with letting you post photos and stuff like it's Instagram or something. but Right. People, right. The community posts or whatever. People use yeah. that for uh polls mostly is they use I them for them.
0: polls they use them to promote the, the youtube video that they just posted so mm-hmm. they are not using them for anything but that well but i think you could just as quickly argue that like is four things too many like should mm-hmm. instagram like on honestly part of me wonders whether like i don't know if you remember this but when igtv first came out they launched it as its own app separate Mm -hmm. from Instagram. And they're like, oh, but then they started like, oh, well, now you can access it in Instagram. Mm -hmm. But part of me wonders, like, would it be smart to like have it like parse it out? Mm -hmm. So that honestly, so that like everything has a little bit of breathing room, you know, Mm -hmm. it feels like Instagram is somewhat content to be competing with itself. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, sometimes I would, might be in the mood to go through stories and sometimes I might be, you know, in the mood if i'm going to go through reels though honestly i'm going to tiktok tiktok just does it so much better than mm-hmm. than well, it's reels does the same stuff anyway right and it's so. on the same stuff anyway but uh, you know if i want to just scroll through posts like I, I you know it would be nice to be able to do that without you know the the competition so to speak of uh mm.
1: that's an interesting thought i i feel like In Instagram's head, I think that they're maybe thinking, oh, you can look at a couple posts from your friends and then you can watch their stories. Like, I still think in Instagram's head, they're thinking you and the people you know. And on Mm -hmm. this kind of podcast Mm -hmm. and a lot of this, you know, like influencer stuff that is on YouTube and other places talking about growing and stuff, they forget that I think that's that's Instagram's focus more than Mm. I think that they, they don't necessarily find influencers bad, but I don't know if they, they really view them as like the, how they expect people to use the platform is this creator consumer relationship that influencers create on their platform. It seems
0: very prevalent
1: though. Right. Well, I think that that just, happens like you can't stop it from happening Mm, mm -hmm. you can't stop someone's post from being sent to other people and something funny being spread viral and they they don't want to avoid that because it increases people's time on the platform right right but i still think that like so many stories that i watch from like people i don't really know but i follow them because i like their photography or something Mm -hmm. some reason I, i i follow them right right like I'll kind of watch their stories, but like I'm much more interested in the people that I know what they're doing because just the nature of stories is what I'm doing right now. I'm more curious that about people That is true. That is true. And then with reels, I do think it kind of steps out of that a little bit um, because I think reels are a little viral.
0: Right. There's more production viral. value for lack of a better term with reels.
1: There's more going on for sure. Yeah, like anything yeah. from music to whatever. And and I heard a this is kind of a side note, but I do think it's really funny that TikTok has just copyright music is just everywhere on TikTok. Right. It is just snippets, which I think is the actual reason that they don't care. But on YouTube, you use snippets of actual music, and you get oh
0: yeah. And copyright music trouble. is is the lifeblood of TikTok.
1: Mm-hmm. Like that's like how it how it exists yeah and sound effects like things from movies right and all that yeah. kind of thing and i think instagram has the same somewhat rule set going on there i mean there are all there's lots of music uh yeah. copyright and music on Yeah, on it instagram
0: really right is different the um the difference between that and youtube where like copyrighted stuff is just so dangerous to use if you want you know you know, you don't want your channel to get flagged or mm-hmm. all this stuff and, uh, and how well monitored it is on, on YouTube.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, and monitored and so in support of the copyright holders that you can basically claim anything is against your copyright and you can cause issues like YouTube right. will demonetize a video or something
0: like so quickly, so yeah.
1: quickly. And It's just, it's interesting to me that I'm I'm curious to see if...
0: Which do you think is right? Because, like, I could see an argument for YouTube being, like, over-policing, but I could also see a strong argument for being like, hey, TikTok, you are basically exploding on the backs of people who aren't getting anything from it.
1: So, just recently, um, a... A song, I, I really wish I remembered the artist's name and what the song was, but I guess it doesn't really matter in this context. A song recently like hit the most streams, like 100 million streams, the fastest that any song had ever been streamed on Apple Music and Spotify. Uh-huh. And like the, the the speed with which songs blow up is is unprecedented right now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And uh, I think a theory, part of that is is that it's TikTok. Because TikTok has a little ad, it's like a little ad for the song at the bottom. Now, oftentimes it is original audio; it's, they ripped it from some other place. They didn't just do it in the app, right? Right. Um, which doesn't help them a ton, but there's like this little ad, and and you, and you like you know, like it's hashtag something trend is is the trend that the music is the the song is the trend, and people right. dancing to it or being funny with it or whatever, right? So I think that they see that as advertising for the song, and I think for on on YouTube, there is n- no official structure to say, "Oh, I used this song in this." You can right. obviously That's true. Quote it in the description, but there's nothing that there's no way to have like a little. It's not built thing into the, the interface. The not,
0: the very yeah. interface itself. It's yeah. not
1: built into the interface, and uh, I think the other issue is is people could. On YouTube, they could literally just post all of Mariah Carey's songs ever on YouTube. It's true. And then they're getting paid for Mariah Carey's work. And while I think in theory on TikTok, you are getting paid. Like if you have an influencer account and you're getting uh, uh, sponsorships and stuff. Right, right. And you're using a lot of other people's music to grow your account. You are getting paid using other people's music, but there's a little bit of a... uh, trade-off trade trade okay going on that makes sense that makes um, sense now here's here's what I'm I'm wondering is is if YouTube could just provide you a way like an annotations thing you know how like the little eye pops up and you can click mm-hmm. on it and they can interact with the video mm-hmm. allow people to link to a song be like just like it'll just pop up in the upper uh, I guess it's the upper right hand corner from the viewers perspective hmm mm-hmm. Uh, that says song by artist. This mm-hmm. is a song. If you click on it, it takes you to I don't know whoever Google wants you to take it to, but at least the name's there. Uh, then you can't get copyright struck for using it because you're advertising it. Because if I like the song, I'm not going to go back to that YouTuber's video where it's in the background or something to listen right. to that. song. Yeah, you're gonna go. Find I'm gonna the song. click on it and I'm gonna I'm going to put it in my Spotify or something.
0: Yeah, I don't hate the idea. I I. I feel like the the copyright thing is so um, it's so dicey on YouTube, and I I, I I think I understand a little bit where YouTube is coming from with it. Like they, it, it was a little bit of an all or nothing because if they didn't, like it was just going to get out of control, and it still kind of is out of control mm-hmm. to some degree. Yo, yeah, like you know, um, but. So, but I, I mean, I, I don't hate that idea. I, I feel like it might, there's a chance it'll start, it, it could stunt creativity to some mm. degree. Like if you could just like cheat, not cheat, but like just start putting whatever song you wanted, like on our, on our mountain videos, like, you know, our, mm. our adventure videos. Like if we could just start putting whatever song we wanted to, like all of a sudden we are being influenced by like, oh, you know, like big, you know mm-hmm. ski mountaineering films or you know whatever like because we're like well why not just use that i mean it sounds so well, good and goes with and it and
1: there's a there would be a race to use a song and then the song would be used up because that's yeah that's very real on tiktok for sure like a yeah. song just gets burnt out right um, right the trends
0: burn out yeah
1: if i was an artist like i'm not going to be mad if like i made a song and it blew up on tiktok and was just all over everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it's kind of annoying as an artist to have people pick like this 10 second part of your song and just, that's all people know. Like there's a lot right. of songs on TikTok that I've heard only 10 seconds up and that's it. And that's all I'm ever going to hear of it. Cause right. I just either, I, I don't feel a reason to look into it more or just whatever. So there's right. An example
0: yeah. would be that cover of uh home, the, um, there's a, a cover mm-hmm. of Home, of, which is a song by, I think, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, I think, was mm-hmm. the original. And then there's a cover of it that's mm-hmm. just all over TikTok. And mm-hmm. I always I always think about it. I hear it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that cover. But I, I never do anything with it, and that's mm-hmm. all I've ever heard of
1: it. So I do unfortunately think that – I don't know if it's actually unfortunate. I think that the future of making a living – on off of artwork especially anything that's digital at all or can be digitalized which Mm. is most things right is mass you just have to get a lot of attention like it can't it's not that it can't be and i'm sure people will find ways through patreon and other ways to have like their little niche their little niche but the you need millions of people to be paying attention and some way or another, you're going to make millions of dollars off of that mm-hmm, eventually. Mm-hmm. It may be one million, even though a hundred million people enjoyed your work or something. And then, you know, I don't, I, I think that there will be counteractions against that. And I think Patreon's a great example of something right. that allows you to support an artist directly. And I think that's important. Right. Um, but the number of people you know, even then you still have to get hundreds of thousands of views just to get that thousand people that will support you. Um, and, uh, there's a a concept. Once again, I I wish I knew who came up with it. I'll I'll see if I, if I can find it to link in the description, but the idea of the thousand true fans, it's all you really need. Is it that? Oh yes. I've heard of that. Yeah. The thousand thousand true fans. fans. Yeah. Yeah. I still think that that is true, but, but building that audience in a, in, in a world of just so much noise. And that, that's really the, the trend here is just, it's so much going on.
0: Right. So let me, let me just like wonder, like though, like we, we kind of are assuming that the future of social media is bigger and more prevalent. Mm -hmm. And part of me is is like starting to wonder like if it's going to be that simple, Mm -hmm. Um, because kind of what's happened just recently, like, Mm -hmm. um, like all of a sudden it's splintering for one thing. Like a lot of people are leaving certain platforms. Um, a lot of people are getting kicked off of certain platforms Mm -hmm. and so it's splintering, right? And if it splinters, then, you know, then you're back down to smaller communities, Mm -hmm. right? It's not as big. And part of me wonders if that's actually what is, what's, you know, like, I don't think, I think the monolith that is Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and now TikTok-ish, mm-hmm. I think, you know, TikTok still has a long way to go before it's, it's you know, mm-hmm. as it's, integral. as It's
1: not afraid of the Vine uh, fate. I think it still could have the the fate of Vine. I think it could too. Yeah. I, it almost did kind of,
0: it almost did. Yeah. Um, well, if 2020 hadn't happened, like where a lot of people didn't have as much to do, mm-hmm. I don't know that TikTok would have um, grown like it did, but, but like, I, I do feel like, you know, you have to look at it and like, we're so apt to think, well, well the future is social media. And I think to a degree it is, but it may look different. Like right now, maybe you have to have that huge audience, but maybe not in five mm-hmm. years. Like maybe like you just have to be on the right platform for the audience that you need because it's going to splinter out. Because Mm -hmm. I just like it it feels like a little bit like some of these big platforms are starting to to at least buckle under their own weight a little bit Mm -hmm. with even what they're able to do. Mm
1: -hmm. Like, you know,
0: I don't think that Facebook was like, oh, wow, we're going to have terrorists organizing on our platform. Mm -hmm. They maybe thought that they would, but it wouldn't be as you know, prevalent and, and dangerous as it is
1: mm-hmm. and difficult to like, I think that people, I think people underestimate how difficult it is to police something as big as Instagram or yeah. Facebook. Like you yeah. just have to build robots to watch it for you basically. Right. Because you right. can't have humans monitoring every uh, group chat on Facebook. Right. And, and, and you can't rely on people to report either. Now, I've reported very few things. And usually it's a very specific set of things because I, I don't want to be an extremist thread, So I'm not there to report it in the first place. Right. And I'm, it's not going to suggest it to me. The algorithm's good. It's not going to recommend it to me. Right. It's going to be like, oh, well, he wouldn't care about that. Um, I'll show him this uh, mountain photo or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so you you can hide in corners and and to what you're saying here, um, Parler was a social media platform I had never heard of, right? Ever? Oh, before, yeah. Like January tenth, like a week ago or or a little over a week ago, I heard about Parler for the first time. I still have no clue what its shtick is or how it works.
0: Its shtick is that it's is that it's um total free speech so they're not going to censor you or whatever immediately ran into huge problems with that because now they've been kicked off the app store Mm -hmm. amazon kicked them off of amazon services because there's consequences for stuff like that like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can't just say that and then like there's a reason that you know facebook isn't a total free speech platform Mm -hmm. it's not because they're run well, it, you know, it may be run by corrupt, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. it's not just because of that. It's because there's consequences for saying certain th- terrible things,
1: you yeah. know? And, you know, you should be held accountable for... And I think this will end up happening. Maybe maybe not. But I think there will come a time not too far away where you're held to the same standard of what you say online as if you said it in public.
0: Right, because so much is being said online. Mm-hmm. Certainly is the only place it's being said. So... Yeah. I think you're right. Like, I I think that it's, we're not very far away from where like people just assume that they post things online and then there's like, it just goes off into the ether and it's like, Hmm. it doesn't people, you know, I I think it, and I, I agree that people should be held as accountable as accountable, Mm -hmm. not more, but certainly not less accountable Mm -hmm. for things they say online versus what they say in person to another human being.
1: Yeah, and I, unfortunately, I think that as platforms figure out how to really police who's who, there's liable to be some changes that no one really wanted because of this. Like something yep. that crossed my mind is is in a few years is, are you going to have to give your SSI to Instagram to make an account? Like oh, maybe yeah, not, interesting. But maybe because Instagram's like, well, we need to be able to track you down. You can't just be this account on this IP address. Um, <sighs> yeah. Because, like, how can you hold people accountable if you don't know who they are? And I could see laws getting passed to require that almost. Like, to some point, Interesting. we're going to open up. I had not thought about that at all. that's going to be required. Now, I don't really want that to happen, but I really don't want them to become hotbeds for extremists of any kind. Like, it's right. not just right-wing extremism or whatever. It's, it's any kind of that we don't want. To just have a safe place to grow and right. fester and right. and uh, you know grow into something that in the real world hurts people. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, right. it, I'm I'm not saying I would vote for that, but I'm just saying that I could see that happening. I could see it
0: happening too. Now that you say it, uh, it makes sense that you know, like, hey, we're gonna have to be able if we're gonna hold people accountable. There's gonna have to be a way to track them, mm-hmm. and you know. So, <sighs> well, yeah. on that note, we. <laughs>
1: On that depressing note. Now
0: that we, you know, like it's either the government overlords or the social media overlords will be completely tracking us, which they already are, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Sorry it's, to break uh, it to you. It's uh, tragic, <laughs> but it's true. Um, uh,
1: yeah. We may be uh, finishing up this episode, but I really think we should follow up with your uh Yeah, your I, I, I am going to
0: follow up on kind of how things go now that I'm kind of... Uh, figuring out and, and actually putting some effort in. Um, and so, yeah, I, I may make a video about it or we can talk about it on the podcast, you know, kind of like what happens. Certainly at the end of this month, I'll probably be like, here's where I was at the beginning and here's where I am at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I think, spoiler alert, it's not going to be very different, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But well, um, you never know.
1: I, I mean, as we all know, sometimes Instagram picks up a post and is like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then it's true. You get, it is true. Tons of likes out of nowhere and views and everything else. And then you, your next post gets 30 likes, but you know, that's okay.
0: Yeah. Um, one thing that like a little thing I wish that Instagram, if Instagram is listening to this or Facebook or whoever's listening to this,
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like they have to be listening to it is, at this point.
0: <laughs> I wish that on your feed, like this is just like a quality of life thing that they've needed to fix for a long time. Mm-hmm you could like show like where the thumbnail is so that it's not just posting like a chunk, a weird chunk of your photo Mm. because like almost all photos going up on Instagram now are are four by five, right? They're not square. Mm -hmm. But the feed treats everything like it's still square, like -hmm. when you click on your profile. So like you're seeing like weird, like tops of mountains cut off and people's heads cut off and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. Um, I wish they would just make it where you could like select your thumbnail kind Mm -hmm. of, um, it, I don't know how hard that would be, but boy, that would be a big mm-hmm. quality of life.
1: You're kind of like the Squarespace uh, thing where you yeah. can add the focal point. Yeah. Like the the focal circle. point. Yeah, exactly. Add yeah. the
0: focal point. But, um, anyway, that's just like, that's my little parting, like, Hey, Instagram, this would be awesome if you did this. So,
1: okay. All right. All right. Well,
0: well, um, speaking of Instagram, uh, if you could follow me, I'm at summit bid. So, yeah.
1: And we are at summit bid on TikTok. Right now, oh, that's right. And there are only uh, two videos on there, but uh, go check them out, and uh, hopefully, there'll be more on there in the near future.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And also, um, you know, uh, like this video, subscribe. We are also audio only on iTunes and Spotify. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we. And uh, if
1: you are listening to us on iTunes, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah, Um, (laughs) we're
0: just covering all of our bases here. Yeah, for sure, all of our bases. All the social medias. Yeah, well, we appreciate you for listening, regardless of how you're consuming this. And uh, we uh, hope you have a fantastic week.
1: All right, bye. bye.